this story, God is kind of in, in an extreme sense helping us understand what justice is. This, this chapter, the end of this chapter is about justice, okay? And, and God is, he's like, you know what? In, in the middle of law, there's only two stories. He's the whole book of Leviticus. He's, God is basically speaking, giving laws. But something happens in the story where God's like, do you know what? This is a nice teachable moment. We're gonna talk about this together. That's what just happened in our text. Probably what commentators think is as Moses was getting the law, this event happened and it was significant enough. God was like, do you know what? Stop, like we need to deal with what just happened. And it was, God's like, let's stop and we're gonna deal with what just happened. So quick recap, a guy disobeys the third commandment, don't take the Lord's name in vain by cursing Probably the name Yahweh, which to, to a Jew, that was so significant. They wouldn't even say the name Yahweh. They like changed it to uh, Jehovah. No, I forget what they changed it to, but they wouldn't write it. They changed it. They changed it. They wouldn't speak it. And in that culture, a name represented, it wasn't just like, Bo, that's my name. It was like your character and your family and every, your essence like was in a name. So to take God's name in vain is to essentially like, it's to literally curse God. It'd be like to look at God and just be like, God, like, and curse him in the, the worst way you could. That's kind of the weight that, that that would carry. And so everyone's like, oh my gosh, he just did that. They go to Moses. They didn't even have a precedent for what to do. So Moses is like, uh, I don't know, just, just like hold him and I'll go ask God. He goes and asks God and God says, I want everyone to come out. And those who heard it, so imagine you witnessed this. Imagine if this happened like tonight. We, we would take the person and like 10 of us would stand right here and we would put our hand on the head and then the rest of the congregation was like, all right, everyone, pick up your rocks. Just picture this. You pick up your rocks and the person's standing there just sobbing and we would all literally like pelt this man to death. And that's not like an instant death. Like maybe some of you guys are like just straight temple shot, but like probably it's just like, a gradual, brutal, like, is he dead yet? He's on the ground. I don't know. And they stoned him to death. And, and if we were in this situation, you would have had done that with your hands. You would have killed the man. Okay, so what is happening here? What is going on? I think um, oftentimes when we're studying the Bible and something crazy happens, we instantly go to, oh, well, yeah, that was a different culture. You know, like, it wouldn't be like that. I think we kind of too quickly go to, oh, no, that was just a different culture. Stoning people back then, that was, like, really common. That happened all the time. Oh, yeah, God's name. Like, it was different back then. You guys, these are humans just like you and me. Like, these are human beings who had the same type of DNA. They were made of the same stuff. So, so I think we, we shouldn't too quickly be like, mm, no, that was just back then. Uh, there's something here for us in this chapter. Um, actually, three things, I think, that are in this chapter for us. And the first one is this. So on a, in a chapter about justice, the first truth is this. The foundation for justice, like the bedrock of justice, is the fear of God. Okay, did you get that? That's going to be something maybe not uh, familiar to you. But the foundation for justice, what you base everything else off of, is the fear of God. Uh, so, say it another way, when God is in his proper place, like in your heart, in your life, and even in a culture or society, justice flourishes. And when God is not in his proper place, justice like flounders. Okay, so God is like, 
This is important and this is a teachable moment. God says, so, so part of justice, God is like, you need to get things in the right order, okay? And he, he goes through uh, someone, someone sinned against God. So that's kind of like the top tier, God. And then he's like, okay, if someone kills someone, that's like the next tier, human life. And then he even mentions animals. That's kind of like the bottom tier. There's like three, like God needs to be at the top then human beings, and then animals. God's like, that's kind of the order of the universe. You know what's crazy? We actually like swap that order in our culture. We're like, do you know what? Creation and animals and our dogs pretty much belong right about here, right? Like the greatest sin. Now, we should care about these things. We should care about our dogs. I love my dog. We should care about creation. But you would maybe get more uh, flack for like not recycling, right, than cursing God's name like, did you just not recycle? Like, think about that. Think about that. We have this place for creation, especially in this area where it's beautiful. We tend to be like, that's the top tier. And the greatest sin is to, to ruin creation. Um, next is people, right? Creation, yeah, but people are important. Um, but I'll be honest, people maybe get more upset about an animal and the abuse of an animal. This is heavy, guys, and this is true than like taking the lives of our, of our human babies. Just think about that. If you leave your dog in the car in the grocery store, it is like newsworthy. If, I mean, and again, that's not okay. If a man kills a lion, like a dentist kills a lion, it's not okay, but that makes the news, you guys. And honestly, we've, in our country, we've killed 60 million babies in the past 45 years. Like there's something off. We've put creation here and then people, and then at the very bottom, there's God. Like, it's almost like he's not even in the picture. Like, it, it just seems insane. When we read this in our culture, we're like, this guy just got killed for cursing God's name? Like, that's crazy. Do you know what's really sad is when, you know, like an oil spills in the ocean, that's sad. God's being cursed? Like, mm, what, what is this? And so God's, God's saying, you need to have the fear of me as this foundation. You need to have this proper order for justice. And, and then God goes on to like explain, and, and when, I'm, when I'm teaching about justice, the punishment needs to fit the crime, right? So, so that's why in the right order. When you, when you curse God, like that man lost his life. When you take a man's life, a human's life in God's image, a man or woman in God's image, that's, you're also going to lose your life. If you like injure someone, that's like, it's, it's slightly less. And then if you were to, it says like kill an animal, it's like, yeah, you need to pay for it. You need to take care of that. So God is saying the punishment needs to fit the crime, but the foundation of it all is this fear and this awe and this reverence for God. And um, that's, that concept, the fear of God is something that is really like foreign to most of us. Like how many of us use that phrase, the fear of God? Man, I just want to fear God. And so the second point in this is, listen, it's just a good opportunity for us to take a step back and say this, God needs to be feared. God should be feared. We, you, you and I, just think about how often have you ever heard this? You should fear God. You should fear the Lord. It's, it's so foreign. And, and um, we talk about many things that we should talk about, like the grace of God and the mercy of God and the loving kindness of God. And God is love, and we should talk about those things. But, but we don't really talk about the fear of God. And like to curse and to use God's name as a curse word, to use Jesus' name as a curse word, like that's just so common, right? It's just so common. I, we've all probably done it, like very recently. That's just our culture is like, how can that even be a sin, and then you may have this question like, okay, well, do Christians though still fear God? Because like Jesus, you know, like do we need to fear God anymore? Is, is that something that Christians should do? That's, that's a good question. 
Um, I'll explain it to you, but the quick answer is yes. Christians, you should fear God. Psalm 19 says the fear of God is pure, enduring forever. Not it's, it's, it's pure, boom, when you become a Christian, you don't need to fear God anymore. It endures forever. Okay, what, so what, like, what's the fear of God? And why, like, why does God's name need to be revered and feared? Um, the one sense is this. We've talked about this. God is so holy and, and righteous that if, if us in our just human state were to approach him, God's like, you couldn't even live. Like, that's pretty dangerous. Like, you should fear that. Like, there's some healthy fear. If you, if, if you guys ever had those moments where you're, like, driving, and you're like, if I just, like, turned the wheel, like, I could die right now. Or, like, you're, like, on a cliff, and you're like, if I take one step, I could die right now. That's, like, a healthy fear. You guys, God is so holy that if you were to see him, you would die. That, that's some right, like, okay, wow, okay, I should fear that. Um, a, a, kind of a picture, though, why fear the Lord? Why did God pick fear me, the fear of God, as this metaphor? It's, uh, one way to picture is this. You guys know if someone commits a crime, there's like that criminal lineup where everyone, like all the criminals, like walk out and stand in a thing and like the person, the witness comes and like identifies them. Okay, picture this. Picture a criminal lineup uh, or just a lineup of people and picture a okay, case. So there's Satan. He's there. Uh, the person, listen, the person you most want approval from, the person in your life right now that you just like want approval from, they're standing there. Uh, just a gnarly angel, just in his glory. Uh, right next to him, just a nasty demon in his just glory, like, oh my gosh. Uh, then there's just death personified, like Grim Reaper, whatever. Okay, so just picture this lineup. Uh, there's disease personified, whatever that would look like. Um, there's failure standing there. Some of you guys like fear failure. I fear failure. And then there's just this giant lion, okay? That represents God. So just picture this lineup real quick. Lion, fear, failure, Satan, the person in your life. Uh, we have those fears. You and I have all of these fears, most of them, in our life. And that like operates, like when you wake up in the morning, what you're, one of those things probably has your attention. One of those things like, man, that, like it, whatever it may be, demons, it may be failure, it may be like sickness, it may for some of you be like, I don't want to die. Like that is operating in your heart. And to fear, to be afraid of something, you guys, is to like give it power. You're giving it power over you. It's, it's like, you're kind of like submitting to it. And you define your reality by what you fear. You define your reality by, you make your decisions based off of what you're afraid of. Now, imagine if you look at all of these things and you're able to see the lion and be like, you know what? I think the lion could probably handle all of those things. And, and I look, and that lion is, is like the most terrifying out of all of them. In some sense, that's what it is to fear God, to see him in all of his glory and danger and be like, that is, is, this, is the scariest thing there is in the universe. That's the most powerful thing in the universe. That's the biggest thing in my universe. That's the biggest thing in my heart right now. In some sense, that's a picture of what it is to fear God. And, uh, and it's just bizarre. Honestly, it's maybe bizarre for you. Like, I just don't think of my relationship with God like that. Like, just this lion, and I'm afraid of him. And so I'm going to do something I love to do. Uh, 
nine truths on fearing God in the Bible real quick. Get ready for these. I'll go quick. Uh, This is going to help us understand what it is. Is it to fear God in your heart? Number one, the fear of God leads to salvation. You would not be saved. You would not be a Christian born again if you didn't fear God. Listen to Proverbs 19.23. The fear of the Lord leads to life. And whoever has it rests satisfied. Okay, so when you fear God, listen, if when you look at God in his glory and you're honest, you begin to realize like, I don't match up and I'm in danger. And I like, he's so holy and I'm not holy. And that happens in the Bible over and over again. That's the building block to your salvation. If you don't fear God, you don't need God. You don't need to be saved from him. Like he's just kind of down here. Like, yeah, he's not that threatening. You have to fear God before you ever are gonna confess your sin and run to him. And when you fear him, when you see him for his holiness, you realize, man, I need to be rescued. I need to be rescued because I am not holy. Number two, the fear of God, listen, doesn't go away once you're saved. Listen, I'm gonna read you three verses. Psalm 130 verse four says this. Psalmist is talking to God. When with you there is forgiveness, that you may be feared. Did you get that? God forgives you so that you can fear him. The reason God saved you is so that you could fear him. Psalm 25, verse 14, the friendship of the Lord is for those who fear him. You want to have like an intimate relationship with God? On some level, you need to fear him. And one more, Luke 1, 50, his mercy is for those who fear him from generation to generation. You want to receive mercy from God? Like you better fear him. And I think part of this is important to know, you guys, like we were singing, God hasn't changed. He hasn't changed. He's, some of us are like, yeah, you know, like the Old Testament, God's like gnarly in this part, but he's really nice in this part. Listen, it's actually the same God. He wasn't gnarly, like killing people, and now he's just so nice. You guys, if you read the New Testament, uh, have you guys ever heard of Ananias and Sapphira, New Testament church? They lied about their tithe, and God killed them on the spot. New Testament, there's precedent for right now. You'd look at your friend and be like, I'm dropping a hundred bucks in here. And, you'd, and you'd, it's like a dollar for God to kill you right now. That's in the New Testament. You guys, uh, have you read the end of the Bible? What Jesus does? He comes in a robe d- dipped in blood. And it says he treads the wrath of God so much. You guys, that blood is running down the street like to the, to the level of a horse's bridle. That's the New Testament. That's God. God is not like, nice and used to be mean, God is just holy all the time. God hasn't changed, and he's always perfectly just and holy. He's a mighty lion, you guys. Fear of God doesn't go away once you become a Christian. Number three, this is so good, you guys. When you fear God, when you're looking at that lineup in your life and all of your fears, and we have them, you have them right now, but you decide, you know what? I want to fear God, though. I'm picking the lion as the biggest, most powerful one, actually sets you free from your other fears, okay? When you fear God, it sets you free from your other fears. Listen to Psalm 34, verse seven. The angel of the Lord encamps around those who fear him and delivers them. We kind of talked about this last week. You guys, when God's on your side, when that lion is now for you, like picture you get to walk around and that lion's like right next to you or before you or behind you. Like, guess what? Satan has nothing on the lion. Demons that you're afraid of right now have nothing 
on the line. Your sin has nothing on the line. Death, we already know, has nothing on the line. Disease has nothing on the line. When you choose the lion to fear, you are delivered from your other fears. You are delivered from your other fears. Part of that, I'm going to skip ahead to one. uh, So let's just say number four. The fear of God, you guys, specifically sets you free from the fear of man. That's probably most of our biggest fear. If we were to be honest, we are terrified of being thought poorly by someone in our life. We have the fear of man. And listen to Proverbs 29, 25. The fear of man lays a snare, a trap. But whoever trusts in the Lord is safe. You guys, we operate probably most of our day fearing people and what they're going to think about us and it consumes us and how we're dressed and how we act. And you know when you have like a bad interaction and then you just look back and like, oh my gosh. And you're just like mortified at how you just acted and what are they going to think of you? Like that's the fear of man. It's a trap. It's a trap. There's this pastor on a talk show, I think Piers Morgan, and um, he was just getting grilled on, on this pastor's uh, traditional belief in like, yeah, homosexuality is a sin. And he was just getting grilled. And it was brutal. Like, it was, I, none of us would want to be on national TV live getting these questions. And he just got to this point where he's like, do you know what? Honestly, I, I just fear God's disapproval more than I fear your, your disapproval. I fear God's disapproval more than this. And then, you know, it's like the live room and everyone's like, oh my gosh. It's like, I fear more than your disapproval. Like, that, that sets us free. When you fear God's disapproval, more than the disapproval of that person and this person and that group of people, you are actually free. When you fear God, you don't have to fear man. Do you know what else, that, how that plays out? All of you have friends right now who um, are probably making poor decisions. Okay, we all have those friends. I have many of those friends. I am that guy oftentimes. Um, but guess what we don't do for each other? We don't say, what are you doing? Like you're in sin, you need to stop. We don't do that. Why? Because we fear them and we fear them being upset at us. And so we're not going to love each other because we're afraid of their dis- disapproval. We're afraid that they are going to be like, you're just, you're judging me. Like we're afraid of that. But when you fear God more than that person, you are actually freed to love them and speak the truth in them. And you know how this ultimately boils down? If you were in that story, like, and God is like, okay, pick up a stone and kill that person. Like you have two options. You could say no and probably knowing like I'll probably get killed next. Do you know what? I'll do this because God has called me to do this difficult thing, this corporate like difficult thing. You guys know about church discipline? It's, it's the same thing. We just fear God more than like culture saying that per- I can't believe that church just kicked them out of the church. It's the same reason you guys, we have, to, we have to fear God more than people. Last verse on this, this has been like, Oh, this Proverbs in my jam lately. Proverbs 27, six says this, faithful are the wounds of a friend, but profuse are the kisses of an enemy. And if you really love someone, you're gonna wound them and speak the truth to them. And if someone's just always, oh, you're awesome kissing you, like it's actually probably your enemy. How Judas betrayed Jesus with a kiss. Because faithful are the wounds of a friend. When we fear God, we're free from the fear of man. Number five, the fear of God keeps you humble. Like some of us uh, tend towards pride. Some of us tend towards shame. But those of us who tend towards pride, I'm one of them. Like, you know, we just compare ourselves to like other people. And you're like, I'm honestly kind of awesome, at least in this area. 
Um, like, you know, maybe it's athleticism. Like, dude, I'm kind of, I'm kind of a boss. Like, some of you guys are stoked for tonight. Like, dude, I'm gonna, sh- like, I'm gonna get so many flags. It's not even gonna be funny. Like, you're just kind of like satisfied. Uh, some of you guys, it may be like your in- intellect. Like, I just know I'm really smart. I read more books. I remember more things. Some of you guys, it's your social skills or it's your physical appearance. Whatever it is, that's fine. Um, but do you know what we're doing? We're looking at other people. When you look at God, like you have nothing on him and everything you have, he gave to you. How silly to like boast to God for what he just handed to you. The fear of God keeps us humble. You guys, you should be comparing yourself not to people, but to God every day and then be like, oh crap. And then humble yourself and submit to the Lord. God says, this is the one to whom I look. He who is humble and contrite and trembles at my word. God loves humility. He gives grace to the humble. So when you're like feeling proud, hey, just stop comparing yourself to people and look at God. That is the source of humility. Number six, the fear of God keeps you, keeps you from sin because you don't want to offend the lion, right? Okay, so picture you just have this lion walking next to you and he's like for you and he's your buddy. Uh, would you like, I don't, I don't know, I wish I knew what cats hated does anyone know like what cats hate? Water? Yeah, water. Like you're just walking with this lion. You just have like your water bottle. You're like, what if I just like splash this right on the lion's face? Like you wouldn't do that. What if you were like, I'm just going to step on his like paw right now. Like, you, like when we sin, we're offending the lion. And when you have your eyes on the lion, you're like, okay, I want my sin right now. But like, I don't want to piss off that lion. I don't want that. That is not worth it. You guys, we have to have this healthy sense of the, of the glory and majesty and awe of God when we're about to sin. Like, it's a classic example. If you're, uh, let's say you're dating someone, say you're a guy, and you know, you're at this girl's house, but she lives at home, but the parents are asleep, right? You're like on the couch, and things are kind of like going there. Like, and then the dad just like walks in the room. Like, what do you do? Just that feeling of like, like you're done, like you're done, you're not like, you're not like, hey, what's up? And then like, that's just not what you do. It's like that, you guys, we have to have this sense of like, God is, is here and I do not want to offend my God. You guys, listen, when, when God is small, all of a sudden sin seems like not that big of a deal, right? Like what is God gonna do? And yeah, God, I hear about God. Like when, he, when he's small, when your sin doesn't seem like that big of a deal, it's because God isn't that big of a deal to you. When your sin isn't a big deal, it's because God isn't a big deal. So it's not a really big deal to you that God had to kill his son for your sin. When we just keep sinning, it's what we're saying is God just is, yeah, he's like nice in my life for these times, but like he's just over here and like he's not that big of a deal. I can handle him. I got that covered. And all of a sudden sin doesn't become that big of a deal. And that's our culture, right? Do you know what? Do whatever you want as long as it's not hurting people right? As long as it's not against people. And then the, the main sins we care about are the ones that are against people. Like, oh my gosh, how could you do that? And we forget that when we sin, it's first and foremost against God. When you sin, it is against God. When that guy just cursed, it was against God. Your sin, whatever it may be, the sin that you struggle with right now, that's against the lion. Like we sin against him. And so our, our strategy is like, just don't look at the lion. He's not, he's not that big of a deal. And the fear of God is the solution to our sin. Number seven, this is so good. When you fear God, you are really quick to repent when you do sin, 
right? We, we all sin. We sin. Uh, and so maybe you're just like walking along and you like offend the lion and he just looks at you. Guess what you do? You're like, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. God, I'm so sorry. The fear of God makes you quick to repent of sin. And, 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 and then in that moment when we know, man, I've offended God, you're quick to remember what Jesus did. You're quick to remember I'm covered by the blood of Jesus, but I'm not just going to keep offending the lion. Like if the lion's like, it's okay, I got you. You're like, thanks. And then you just keep like doing the same thing over and over again to the lion. Like, what are you thinking? And the Bible has warnings. When we use the blood of Jesus as an excuse to sin, it's like we're just constantly offending him. It's, it's, the Bible says it's like we're trampling on the blood of Jesus. I just, I don't need this. And there's some really horrible warnings. If, if God says, if you just continue to live in that sin, after you know about Jesus, you, like it, it does not go well, put it that way. It's not a good thing. The fear of God makes us quick to repent of our sin. Number eight, the fear of God leads us to just love all people well, especially the people we don't want to love because those people belong to the lion. They were made by him. They are in his image. Okay, so yeah, we all like, Jesus said this, you all love your friends. You all love people who love you. That's not a big deal. But you, we all know like that person. It's like really difficult to love. We all know that person, right, for you. Um, do you know what is the, the answer to that is that person is loved by God and they are in his image. And when you mistreat that person, it's like you're saying to the lion, like, get this out of here. He's like, that is precious to me. That is my son or my daughter. That, is, that person is in my image. Whatever it may be for you. It may just be like poor person who's dirty like on the side of the road. Some of, you, like some of us just may be like, man, I have a really hard time with those people. We have to think God literally looks at them and is like, I love them. And they're precious to me. It's, it's like how we would be um, if, just picture you were a valet driver, okay? At some whatever. And your number one celebrity drops off the car. It's a brand new car. And they like hand you the keys, right? And you start driving. You're not just going to be like, sweet. You're like, I like, I'm, I, this is their car, right? I'm not just going to like mess around. This belongs to them. When we just look at the people, whoever we don't love, whoever, like we should be remembering they belong to the lion. We should treat them with care. They are precious to him. Number nine, I think this is the last one. The fear of God keeps us faithful to keep his word. To keep his word. Like, I fear God, so I'm going to keep this. This is a big deal to me. Listen to Psalm 86, 11. Teach me your way, O Lord, that I may walk in your truth. Unite my heart to fear your name. Unite my heart. Teach me your way. The more we fear God, the more we're like, man, I'm not changing this book. I'm not lying about this book. I'm not keeping any of this from people. I fear God, and this is his word, and, I, and I, I will honor it and keep it. And so the second truth that that story teaches us is the fear of God. We need to fear the Lord. And then the third thing is this. This story, and you may not believe it, but this story points us to Jesus, okay? Uh, this chapter, uh, Leviticus 24, began like right before the presence of God. If you remember, it was the bread of the presence and the oil like burning in God's presence. And then it just ends in like bloodshed. That's like the story. It was like, oh, just presence of God. And just what just happened? This person just sinned. Kill him. Bloodshed. Like brutal bloodshed. And you know what? That's a little version of the story. Uh, We were all, you and I were created to be in God's presence by God. We started in this garden. And what did we do? We cursed him. We're over him. We've all gone our own way. 
We've, we've literally all rebelled against God. We've cursed him. We have not feared him. And we deserve to be like that man. We are all standing guilty. And God would be perfectly just. He'd be perfectly just to take our life. And yet, listen, justice was paid another way. Jesus came. The lion himself came and, and laid down his life and received the punishment that you and I deserve for our sins. All the wrath of God was poured out on Jesus. All of our blasphemies were punished by Jesus. Jesus, like that man, you know what's crazy? We deserve to be like that man. And Jesus is like, no, I'll stand in that place. I'll be crushed. My body will be brutally mutilated to the point where we wouldn't even recognize him. Brutally mutilated for your and my sin and justice would happen on Jesus. His, I mean, eye for an eye, tooth for a tooth. Like we sinned against God. We punched him in the eye and then he's like, okay, how about have my other eye? And he took, when we deserve to receive the, the blow, he was like, I'll take it instead. His body was crushed and broken. And God's heavy hand, you know, everyone's laying their hands. God is like, you know what? I'll put my heavy hand on my son instead. Do you know what? Move out of the way. And the heavy hand of God, the wrath of God was placed on Jesus. And Jesus was declared guilty. And he was killed in our place. And justice was served. As the punishment must fit the crime, all the wrath of God that that we deserved, God himself said, I will receive that punishment. That, you guys, that lion we have offended, is he like turned and then he just offered his life for us. And you know what's crazy? It's so ironic. What was like the sin Jesus was accused of and died for? Blasphemy. This man's blasphemy. He's calling, he's calling himself God. And yet he himself laid his life down for us who have cursed him. And then you know what I love about our God? That lion was, was even bigger than death. He's like, death's not, it's nothing. Watch me. And he rose again. Um, you know what's crazy is I, was, I have a Jewish commentary for Leviticus that I read when I'm studying. And uh, the, the Jewish commentator was saying, you know, the greatest tragedy of this story is um, the greatest sin in this story was the damage that blasphemy does to a society. He's saying the, it's the fact that this man blasphemed God, the real tragedy and real damage is that everyone heard that and was like, oh yeah, and that like affected society. And he says, listen, because blasphemy actually doesn't, it doesn't do God any damage. He's saying uh, he's God, like he's not gonna be damaged. God can't be injured. God can't be damaged. The real tragedy of blasphemy is the effect it has on society. That's what this Jewish author said. And it was interesting. He was like, God can't be damaged. God can't be injured. God can't be affected. And yet God laid down his life and was injured, brutally damaged for our sin, for blasphemers. Our God can be damaged, and he was. He laid down his life. And the last thing on that is is that we need to hear is that lion who laid down his life, he's also the just judge who, though he took justice for for those who would turn to him, he's coming again, and he's coming to judge again. 
And, and, and he's going to judge you and me, and we're either going to be covered in his blood or not. And our friends and family are either going to be covered in his blood or not. And the nations will either be covered in his blood or not. And so Jesus is like, turn to me, trust in me, repent of your sin, fear me, for I'm coming again. I'm coming again. And so as we close and just to prepare our hearts for worship, I love, I love, and it's right, this reverence of the name of God, Yahweh. I love that. That's in the New Testament. Um, but do you know what I think is even cooler? Is now there's another name that we fear. There's another name that is above every name. There's another name with power in it. Listen, Philippians 2, 9 through 11 says this. Therefore God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name so that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth. And every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. There's, there's power in Jesus' name for your life right now. There's power in that name. There's power in that name. And so we're gonna worship right now and we have an opportunity to like bend our knee to that name right now. Like we have an opportunity to like, I fear you, God. Thank you for your blood and I fear you are holy. We have an opportunity to bend our knee right now. And if, if we don't bend our knee now, it will be bent one day before him. Every knee's bowing. Every tongue's confessing. So let's like take advantage. Let's willingly bow right now. Let's willingly worship that name that is above every name. Amen. Jesus, thank you. You are worthy. We fear you, Jesus. Thank you for your grace and your mercy. And God, I thank you that you are holy and you are just and you are powerful. And Satan can't compare to you and death and disease and our sin can't compare to you, God. Every one of us were rebels and you said, nope, no more. I am stronger and you came and rescued us. God, even tonight, maybe there are some who don't yet know you. Would you be strong enough to overpower them and save them from their own, from, from their own sin right now, their own stubborn rebellion? God, for the rest of us, would you, would you bend our knee right now? Would you willingly, would you just nudge us to willingly bow before you? Some of us, we're just in this sin and we haven't been fearing you and you've just been off to the, to the side, God. Right now, would we see you in your glory, in your holiness, in your, your righteousness, Lord? And would we say, man, I have sinned against that God. And would we repent? And thank you, God, that you humbled yourself to the point of death on a cross. Thank you that the fear of you leads us to humble ourselves before you. And so right now, Holy Spirit, help us to just worship at your feet. Help us to worship you, Lord. You are worthy and holy. We're covered in your blood. We're safe. The lion is for us. So would we worship you right now, God?